0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of almost all ages, with parental consent. The Sick Twisted Minds at Sacrificial Pond Productions brings you a new style of horror film. Like nothing you have seen before, there are no cops, no investigations. There is no backstory, no follow-up of the victims who were brutally tortured and murdered. Our story isn't about them. Normal terror is about a single dad struggling to make ends meet. His son is his first priority. He goes to work, pays his bills, and is generally a great dad. The twist comes after he puts his son to bed. This is where he releases his stress. Some people do yoga, some hit the gym, some go for runs, some people paint on a canvas. An anonymous source once wrote on an abandoned asylum wall, I never understood people until I took one apart just to see how it worked. If you are rear-ended in traffic, most people's thought runs to anger and their primal instincts of hurting the other party. Sam Neill does not have the ability to stop that primal instinct. Let us take you into the mind of a killer. Normal terror is a concept from the mind of Sam Mason, who wrote, directed, produced, and is starring in this new-age feature film.
1: Well, me and Michael are back again for another episode of Horror with Sir Sturdy, and uh, this time we did the Trilogy of Terror, which was a pretty interesting and fun movie. It's from 1975, and I'm going to get right into it with Michael. Uh, like I said, it was an interesting movie, so go ahead, Michael, what did you think of the first story with uh, the teacher
3: and Chad? Uh, I think chad had an interesting approach as to how he uh how he chose to acquire his women for lack of a better term
1: acquire his for lack of a better term
3: yeah uh this was back in 75 where slipping something in her drink was just normal normal and acceptable i guess and uh so, initially, even the way that, like, you were able to talk to women back then, like, compared to 2018, it's just, it's kind of mind-blowing to look at films from back then and just see the difference in where we are in a society.
1: I agree. Um, we can even, I mean, before we get into what happened, we can get into the part, <clears throat> excuse me, in the beginning where I don't remember what Chad's friend's name was. I don't know if they really gave it to you or not. I don't either. But these three stories, they really didn't give you too many names, but with uh, this one, Chad. There was Chad, and then there was his. Uh, it was a college, and his professor. His name was Judy. I don't remember her last name. Judy. Judy or Julie. 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 Okay. Well, anyway, so in the beginning, you see Chad and his friend. Let's just call him Andy. They're sitting out front talking, talking about girls and all this stuff, and. Chad sees his professor walk by, and he's interested in her. She's wearing, like, a dress. Or, no, sorry, she's wearing a skirt, like, you know, a little coat, like a suit coat kind of thing. Yeah. And she's just, he's uh interested in her. He says to his friend, I wonder what she looks like under that, under that, you know, under that, under those, all those clothes. That's what his words were. It was like a brown. It was brown. It was like an ugly brown Yeah. what she was wearing. And... I don't remember what his voice friend say. Like, out of all the women, you're interested in her or
3: something like that? Something like that, or why her? Yeah. And, no, actually, it was, well, you know you can't have relations with a teacher because the teacher would have gotten fired and the student would have gotten maybe arrested or, well, or not expelled.
1: That's what she said, though, later on.
3: Well, he kind of brought on to that. He didn't go in that far, That'd but decent, he said, okay. you know, things can't work between teachers and students.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so with that... You know, Chad tried anyway, mm-hmm. and like, how did he first? How did he first bring it up? As far as dating, like he went to class and all that, obviously. Uh,
3: oh, after after class, he was yeah, walking he with waited her for everybody to leave class, and then he walked her to her next class. She was teaching, but she kind of cut him off then, and was like, "All right, Chad, have a good day," and walked off.
1: He's trying to get her to go to the movies, and then he tried again. A second time.
3: And he was successful.
1: Yeah, he was. I believe the second time he tried, though, it was outside of school, I want to say. Maybe leaving school, even. Because she was saying how...
3: they were coming out of the school.
1: She was saying how, um, you know, it's frowned upon. This That, you know, teachers and students can't date. And he said, well, I'm not going to say anything. I won't tell if you don't tell. And from there... She just kind of went along with it, said, okay, let's go for the date. So they went on a date to the... They went to go see a horror movie. Oh, and another way they tied it in. I forgot what the movie was called, but he was saying that the movie was in French with English subtitles and something about, like, culture. Like, it's a cultural movie, or I believe. It was, like, a vampire movie or something. I don't remember what that was called. And, yeah. you know, they went from there, went to the date, went to the movies,
3: Like a gentleman, he offered to go get her a drink and some popcorn. But
1: she didn't want popcorn.
3: She just wanted something to drink. Well,
1: first he said that because, like, in the movie, she was was jumpy. Yeah. Not screaming, screaming, kind of making noise. Like, she was scared, and she was saying how these type of movies make her upset, like, scared, and, you know, she wanted something to drink. So he went and got her a soda. And And like
3: like a good guy, right, he knew, knowing that she was, uh, Knowing that she was uneasy, she was a little timid from the movie, he slipped a little something in her drink to just, like, soothe out, you know what I mean? Like, soothe out, uh, help me out here.
1: (laughs) I'm letting you dig this hole yourself. First of all, before (laughs) we even get into that, he, um...
3: He told the teacher back in school that he he uh, was a photographer. Yeah.
1: That he did tell her, which is an important thing. And he um getting back to the movies. My whole thing before we even get to him slipping the drink, he got two large root beers, light ice, and it only cost him a dollar for two large root beers,
0: mm-hmm. soda,
1: like in a cup at the drive-ins. That doesn't no. You go to the drive-ins now. You're paying at least. $8 for one soda, probably. Yeah. I know definitely at the movies you're paying about $8 for one large soda. So that that right there, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm wondering how much the drive-ins cost. I'm guessing it can't be any more than 5 bucks for the both of them. No, definitely not. So, okay. That's, so we get to that. And we get, you know, you see him buying the soda. And then you see him go off to the side somewhere. Like, the camera goes off or whatever. He's, like, somewhere by himself.
3: And he's putting her medicine in it. In her drink,
1: in her soda. And then he brings it back to the car. Excuse me. He hands her the soda. She takes a sip. He takes a sip of his. And she says, this tastes bitter. He said, yeah, mine does too. They probably ran low on syrup. I'm like, well, that's... For what he was doing, that was a good cover-up, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like, we've all had bitter soda. You know, you have that nasty seltzer taste. Mm -hmm. But, you know... That's not what it really was. And like he just kept staring at her. Like, the way he was staring at her was so rapey. Yeah. And she kept looking over. She's like, you okay? I thought you liked the movie, Chad. He was like, no, I do. But I like you looking at you even more.
3: And then just stared at her for, like, what seemed like, like, three minutes straight. And she
1: eventually fell asleep. And he... This is where we thought Chad was a savage. Chad, Chad the Savage. When he did all this.
3: So, Chad... Drives to the local motel. Leaves her in the car. Leaves her in the car. Goes and gets the room, which was only a whopping $15.
1: He went in. This is the part, because he goes in there. He says, yeah, I need a room for me and my wife. And the guy's like, okay, I need $15 in advance. And I'm like, $15 in advance? So far, he spent the dollar for the soda. Mm-hmm. Now the 15 for the room. Mind you, she's passed out, so she doesn't know about it. And I'm just going to say three to five bucks for the movie. So what is that?:
3: about let's 20 dollars. let's let's, say, the, let's the, he did probably have to buy her a dose of medicine as well. So throw three dollars on that just for the hell of. it.
1: Let's say he spent about 25 bucks for this date.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Tops, probably less than that though. And so you know what we forgot to mention too is real quick. He was fantasizing about the teacher. He was daydreaming in the class about her laying in the bed,
3: yeah. And he you're was taking right. pictures of her. You're right.
1: So then, it was almost like—is it foreshadowing when you think of something like that and it happens? Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. See, I paid attention to English class, and uh,
3: he's lying. He never went.
1: She. Uh, that pretty much happened. Like when he got it, you know, he got it. He brought her into. It didn't show her bringing her him. It didn't show. Him dragging her into the hotel room, which might have been one of those doors, you know, it's where it's outside hotel, you're going from the outside anyway, yeah. not important. But it showed her laid out on the bed, mm-hmm. and he was, like, standing over her taking pictures and stuff, or standing beside her taking pictures. And then after that, it showed them pretty much, like, back in the car. Yeah. And he was talking to her. She, she apologized for falling asleep. And I'm just like, this dude is just... Boom. So then she apologized for falling asleep. They both said they had a good time, blah, blah, blah. He walks her to the door, and he's like, so when can I see you again? I'm gonna, can I call you tomorrow? And she, told him, she tells him no. Like, absolutely not. No, this can't happen. This can't go on. That's when she says what Michael was saying, stated earlier about how she can get fired for this. You can get expelled, da, 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 da. And
3: he... He said, I ain't going to tell nobody. You ain't going to tell nobody. What's up, girl? Pretty much.
1: So... We go to the next day. You see her just sleep in bed and you hear her phone ring. Chad is on the phone.
3: <laughs> Before eight in the morning. He Before was on eight.
1: it. And he said, Um, listen, get dressed. I'm coming over right now. And she said, No. Blah da. he he put it this way. She got dressed. It didn't show it. The next scene, you know, the phone call's not that. It's important, but it's not, we don't gotta spend too much time on it. He said what he had to say. It shows her in the car. Not only, you know what I mean, was she dressed, but she was in the car with him again. And he was just like, look, this thing's going to keep going on.
3: So he pulls out his folder of pictures. <laughs> yes, he
1: does. To which... let
3: her know that he's got her sprawled out on the bed. Mm-hmm. And he got that photography. So he gives her the positives, right, and keeps yeah. the negatives keeps... for himself.
1: Yeah, because he's, like, again, we said he's a photographer. For those of you who don't know about the photography stuff with the whole digital era now. It's the old, old school shit where you take the pictures, you let it sit in that liquid. I don't know if it's water or what. I don't know too much about it. With The room with the red light, that stuff. He kept the negatives from that. And so he, uh, so she she's like, okay, fine, whatever. She, she's saying I she should do this, that, and the third. She can call the police. And he's like, no, you won't. I'll just lie and say that. She said she would call the cops because he drugged her. He admitted that he drugged her because mm-hmm. she said she knew she was drugged pretty much. And he was like, no, I'll, li- I'll lie and say You seduced me. Mm -hmm. So they go from that to, I don't know if it's that same day or the next day, but they end up back in the classroom. Because remember, he goes up in the front of the class, and he hands her a book with a note in it that pretty much says, uh, meet me at my apartment tonight. I don't know what it said exactly, but it was like, meet me at my apartment tonight. And she went there. And uh, this is where things take a little turn
3: for... uh, Well, no. Well, first, we got to... We gotta mention that he they did. She did end up going home one night after his apartment. True. She and had a
1: roommate named Ann,
3: right? And she tells Ann or Ann lets us know that this situation has been going on for about a month. For about a month.
1: And she's real concerned cuz Jude Julie comes home late. She's usually Julie's like one of these people who she's like on point with stuff. That's what I got from her.
3: Like she's real nerdy type girl, always on with, with the, her she schedule, does. she sticks to one
1: schedule. Routine, the routine. She's a routine type of person. So her roommate notices are coming in late for a month, and she's like, you know, pretty much here's how the conversation would have went nowadays versus then. You know, she's like, Julie, I'm worried about you. What's going on? You know, you've been coming in late. What, what's, what's Are you OK? And Julie's like, yeah, everything's going to be fine. Everything's OK. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, her roommates kind of, you know, just keeps asking her. Now this conversation nowadays would have been like, "Bitch, what the fuck's going on?" <laughs> That's how females talk to each other, seriously. And she'd like, "Bitch, I'm good." Blah blah blah. She would have made a corny thing, said hashtag good, and you know, we went on to the next scene. But that is that is. I'm glad you brought that part up. And this happened before she went to um, Chad's house, right? Yeah. Okay. So
3: then she goes to Chad's, and uh hang on, go ahead. She goes to Chad's and Chad's on the Chad's on the couch, feeling himself OD. He's like, "Yeah, this is going to go on for however long I want." Uh, make me a drink, please. So she makes him a drink and he sips it, and simultaneously as he sips it, she she tells him this isn't going to go on for much longer, mm-hmm. and she's about done with it and this was all this all went on because she wanted it to and he starts to look shocked but then she lets us know that she put something in his drink that's gonna eventually send him into cardiac arrest
1: yes and this is where it gets like the story was pretty interesting it was a short story (laughs) nice little anthology but um as he was saying, she, you find out she was when I was in control. And the adult part, which I know you caught this, is when she was like, she was like, I was in control since day one, since you were sitting out front of the college talking to your friend at, wondering how I looked out, to, you know, under these clothes. Mm-hmm. She actually went, she said those exact words to him. And at first, when the scene first came up and stuff, before he finished this whole movie, well, the first mo- story in the movie, I thought his friend stitched on him. I was like, yeah, you know. Chad's trying to smash, pretty much. Or no. Back in those days, they would have probably said, Chad's trying to see her undergarments. Yeah. And uh, I thought his boys, you know, his friends said this, but he didn't. So, like I said, she's talking about how she was in control the whole time. She knew she was drugged, Mm -hmm. but she knew she was still in control the whole time. She drugs him with some chemical. Don't remember what it was, if they even said He's drinking it, he goes into cardiac arrest. And she goes does she drag him into the room with the yeah. negatives? Yeah. Or does she go into the she goes into the room with the negatives. I believe she drags him in there. And um excuse me.
3: Oh, then she covers the f- pictures in like gasoline or something, right? And she lights out she pours something. Does she pour anything <coughs> or she just light him on fire? Well, she does pour something on them, I think.
1: Yeah. She pours something on the negatives, and she lights the negatives on fire, and then it goes... You see the negatives on fire, and you see the red light from the room, because, you know, you know it's in that room. And then it goes from that scene back to her apartment, mm-hmm. and she's carrying a newspaper. And her, you know, her um, roommate... Well, she she carried the newspaper into the house, and she, like, sat down. And her roommate's asking her if she's okay. And, you know... And from here like you see in the newspaper clipping um student dies in fire college student dies in fire yeah and i was just like oh shit like that's kind of crazy and i believe after the roommate left she kind of smiled mm-hmm. and then that's when she was cl- she they go to another scene and she's like clipping the newspaper article out and she has like a,
3: yeah she's taping it in a book of like what what seems to be like a whole bunch of former students that she's done this to or somehow kind of killed
1: yeah and like a lot of like they were mysteriously missing i guess which was cool i like the fact that she did that like she kept like a little album of it Mm -hmm. that's when what do they call that when females do that little booklet thing they like to do with
3: oh scrapbook boom
1: scrapbooking she was scrapbooking bodies so after that she hears a knock on the door actually as she's cutting this article out and, you know, do her little scrapbooking. Mm -hmm. She goes to the door and it's one of her students and he says, um, you know, I went to class today and I seen that class was canceled and she invites him in Mm -hmm. and she says, we're going to be friends for a while before that movie, before, you know, the first one ends. And I was meaning to look up how, uh, what the stories were called. Uh, That's one thing I forgot to do. But, uh, so yeah, so this one. Um you know, we'll do the rating at the very end with all three stories. So we go into the second story. And uh this story is about uh, story number two. Let me tell you the character's name. You got Millie and you got Therese. I don't wanna let you Do you wanna start with this one?
3: Uh So, I don't really know how to. How to,
1: all right. Because I, I know, like, I have, and I, I'm just going to go for it. I just don't want to tell that part yet. Okay. So, you, you got Millie and Therese, two sisters that cannot stand each other. It starts off with Millie talking about her sister and, like, writing about her sister in her journal mm-hmm. a lot. And she's just talking about how her sister talks to her, talks down to her. Um, and just they hate each other, they can't stand each other. You never see them in a room together. Which is crazy, but you always, you know, complaining about each other back and forth. Yeah. So, so
3: we find out that they share the same family doctor, mm-hmm. and the doctor kind <clears> of <throat> he kind of fluctuates between their fights and tries to tries to just obviously be a doctor, but he, he's like their mental doctor in a way, like a. Therapist, yeah, and like a come to the home specialist in yep. a way.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what he does too. So, and it's the story. The the thing with this story is it starts off kind of slow. Like, there's not really, um, like, you start off with her, Millie, talking, you know, talking to the audience in a sense because she's like writing out loud, thinking out loud, type of deal. Mm-hmm. And then she's talking to the doctor at one point on the phone, and then. You know, she schedules an appointment with the doctor to come. The doctor comes and you see Therese, which is Millie's sister. So when she when the doctor comes, she to the door, Therese pretty much says Millie's upstairs hiding, right? Like mm-hmm. she's not gonna all this stuff she says about me, she's not gonna say all this stuff she says about me to you, she's not gonna say it with me sitting here.
3: Yeah.
1: So she's talking back and forth with the doctor, kind of. Then she starts hitting on the doctor,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which was <laughs> it was kind of funny actually. And then she, uh, you know, the doctor's kind of declining her advances and all this stuff. And she questioned his sexuality at one point. Yeah, she's like, "Do or, you even like
3: girls?" If he was a virgin or not, she did.
1: <clears throat> she said, "Are you a virgin? And do you even like girls?" The
3: funny thing is, though, I'm gonna take it back. When the doctor first comes there to meet with Millie. Uh, Millie, Millie comes out and says, Doctor, uh, you can leave if you want, but I know about you and uh, help me out. What's the sister's name? Therese. Therese. Therese and
1: Millie were two sisters. Yeah,
3: so he goes, I know about you and Therese, insinuating that they have a sexual past together. Oh, wow. Yeah. She did? Wow. I so then he was like, because he looked dumbfounded. He was trying to make his way out. But once she said that, he looked dumbfounded and was like, he turned around and she was like, she told you that? <laughs> so, wow. yeah. So then fast forward, like you said, he's at the house again and Teresa's trying to sexually advance on him. And he ends up leaving, right? Pretty much, yeah. He he left. And they in.
1: Well... So then, after that happens, Therese runs upstairs after the doctor leaves and bangs on the door and says, you know, the doctor just left and she's talking shit on the outside of the door. Now, the thing with this, right, after that happens, <coughs> the cameras go into the room. You hear no more yelling. You hear no more banging. You see Millie in there writing mm-hmm. about how her sister's doing this, you know, yelling at her. Damn, why do I always have a call in recording? Yelling and swearing at her and let me take a sip of this. Yelling and swearing at her, and she's writing it down in her journal again. You know, Millie's out here yelling, swearing, verbally attacked me, and uh, she says how the doctor just left, and she's getting tired of it, and she wants to change it. So, she goes... She gets, like, fingernail clippings of her sister, piece of clothing. Hair. Hair.
3: And buttons from her newly seductive dress. Boom. And... She goes, oh,
1: she grabs a voodoo book. So she's planning to kill her sister. So she grabs this voodoo book, right? And it doesn't really, it doesn't ever show her reading it, which would have been kind of cool, like reading something out of the book. But mm-hmm. it doesn't show her reading, but you know what she's getting ready to do. Mm-hmm. So later on in the movie, a few minutes later, let's say, you see her, you see a little voodoo doll that she's made of her sister. And she opens up this little, um, it looks like a glasses case. I guess. hmm And there's, like, a... Um, there's a needle in it. A, a long-ass needle. And you obviously know it doesn't show it, but she stabs the doll in the heart. hmm And later on, the doctor comes, right? Does he just come out of nowhere? Or... Does... No, 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 no. No. I'm jumping. Yeah. Because the doctor <coughs> She either the doctor calls or she calls the doctor. No, she
3: calls the doctor and says that she found a solution to
1: her problems, with her, her
3: problems sister. with her sister, and she's gonna end them for good or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. And then, um, so the doctor comes after that conversation. You see the the doctor comes. He goes upstairs in the room. You see the doll laying on the floor first with the thing in its chest, and then you see, Therese laying on the floor, dead next to the doll. No blood or anything on it, which I thought was a little bit different, maybe because of the voodoo, mm-hmm. but still. So then uh, the doctor pulls a wig off of Terese. and this is where you find out that they're both the same people, which, and Michael's my witness, I did call this out earlier yeah. before they said this. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, they have to be the same people because there was just too much going on. <coughs> and usually when you see people arguing and fighting in a movie, you'll see them in the same room at least once. At least once. Or just in any situation, just in life. And they didn't show it, which was still cool. Don't get me wrong, it was cool. But, um... So the doctor knew the whole time.
3: Yeah.
1: Because he said something about how she has, like, a dual personality.
3: Which makes it funny that he would think the other personality didn't know that he slept with the other one.
1: Or he was just, um... What's the word? Playing along
3: yeah, with it,
1: and it's true, you know, true. and if it's two different person, like I guess you can say she's bipolar, maybe something more, because what I'm thinking is maybe these two split personalities, like when she's one personality. She thinks she's this per she's really this person. When she's the other person, she really thinks she's this other person that the other person's her sister.
2: Yeah.
1: Like in her mind, that's really, you know what I mean? That's really going on. Mm-hmm. So with her saying, you know, she told me this and she told me this, she really knows it herself. But in those personalities, she really feels that she talked to the other girl. Which was just her. So, yeah, that was that was another fun one. <laughs> Excuse me again. That was another fun one. And uh We can jump on to story three Okay. with, actually, before we even get into it, I'll say this was probably my favorite one of the three. All three were fun, though. And um, again, I do not know what this story was called. Did you get the name of that one? I don't know. This one was called Amelia. That one I do know. All right. I do remember that. It's called Amelia. I'm just trying to find my notes for this one. And uh, you want to take over for a minute, Michael?
3: So, this starts off with Amelia, who's the main character. <coughs> Excuse me. She uh just gets home from a... You can interrupt me if I'm wrong. I believe she just gets home. She's calling her mom on the phone because she usually has plans with her mom on whatever specific night this is. I want to say Friday. I think it was a Friday night. And, but she had just started seeing someone and it was his birthday. So she wanted to, she promised him a night with her or something along that line. Yep. So she calls her mom and she's telling her all about her day and how she wants to, uh, she wanted to, playing another night with her mom because she was going to go out with this gentleman.
1: His name was uh, Arthur.
3: Arthur for her birthday, or for his birthday. But her mom was upset about it, so she was kind of, like, caught in between the two. But I think ultimately she decided she was going to go out with Arthur. Yeah, she did. She was. And while she's talking to her mom, she opens up this box where... She got an African warrior doll. Yep. And and with the African warrior doll, he's wearing a gold necklace and if it comes off, supposedly the spirit comes to life.
1: <coughs> yep. It was like a um well what it was with the doll, there was like a African war- it was an African warrior and then its soul was like trapped in the doll and if the- he had like a little gold chain around his waist, so if that drops like you were saying, he comes to life. And, uh, so she's talking to her mother about the doll, actually, that she got Arthur the doll for his birthday. And another thing we learned about Arthur is that he's a professor.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So, so, um, you know, we go on with that and she was explaining, you know, he's a professor. He would like this doll because of these reasons, you know, whatever he teaches. Mm -hmm. And... I'm trying to figure out what the heck the doll was called because they said it a couple of times. Uh, give me one second. Well, I'll look it up in a minute. But, um, like I said, she, so she's talking to her mother. She ends up getting off the phone with her mother so she can take a bath. The Lonely Hunter? Is that what it was called? Shit about the Lonely yeah,
3: Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The he Lonely, had a hunter,
1: lonely no. hunter spirit. Lonely Hunter spirit. So. She goes to take a bath. You know, after she gets out to phone with her mother, she's like, you know, Mom, I got to take a bath and get ready. And she sets the doll down on the table. She goes to get it in the tub or whatever, and the chain falls off.
3: Yep.
1: Which, you know, obviously she didn't know because she's fixing her bath. Yeah. And she goes from that, you know, because when you see her again, she's in a bathrobe. She's fixing her bath. Mm -hmm. She goes in the kitchen. And this is where you, you, this really pissed Michael off, by the way. She was seasoning pork chops. She's, and
3: she only fucking put salt and pepper on it.
1: Yeah, he, he was like, what, this bitch, this how this bitch seasons the peat.
3: It's a, her man's birthday, and she just wants to throw some salt and pepper on the pork chops?
1: Yeah. So after that, you know, close the oven. That's a big freaking deal. And um, yeah, the doll's, like I said, the chain comes off. It doesn't show her to go to take a bath. Mm-mm. It kind of shows her on the phone again with her mother, right?
3: No, this is later on after.
1: Or was it with Arthur?
3: Yeah, Arthur. She
1: calls Arthur, and she's can't pretty much canceling on him, like saying, you know, me and my mother do this every single week. We go out or whatever. Yeah. And she's talking about how, like...
3: It was tough on her mom for her to move out. So. Which
1: was weird, because the lady has to be in her late 20s, early 30s, let's say. Yeah. And it's like, her mother's kind of over... You don't see her mother in the movie, but her mother's kind of overbearing.
3: You don't see Arthur either, do
1: No. Her mother's... Not at all, actually. But her mother's, like, overbearing in a sense, and they don't say, like, if her mother has any type of mental or physical issues, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> she could just be a really overbearing, protective type of mother. Yeah. And she just, like, she cancels her plans with Arthur. She's apologizing. She's like, well, it's your birth. It's only your birthday, you know. We could do this again tomorrow. We could do something tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what he says, but obviously he's not happy about it because... <clears throat>
3: his booty's calling, canceling. Exactly. Him. On his birthday, who would be happy? It's,
1: it's supposedly his girl. They were together for a They are together for a month. She told her mother that in a phone call earlier. They were together. She was seeing him for a month. And, I mean... I'd be pissed off, too, if you'd call me, like, I'm about to be there, like, a half hour. Like, nope, never mind. Yeah. So, we go from that. And she goes back into, I want to say the living room. And she notices the doll's not on the table. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't... The thing is, with this part right here that didn't freak her out, which I found kind of funny and a little weird. I didn't say anything at the time. But I'm like, okay, so say the doll did somehow get bumped off the table. It's not going to move that far.
3: Yeah. Because... Nobody's in there.
1: No one's in there. And I believe... Yeah, the table wasn't... It wasn't like the table was high as hell. The doll was made out of wood. So it's not going to slide across the... You know, it's not going to slide across the floor. Yeah. So she's looking for it. She's looking all. She looks all around the table. Then she looks under the couch. And she gets stabbed by the spear in her hand or her finger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Her finger's bleeding. So then she opens... You know, she looks under the couch again. She grabs the spear... And she's looking all under the couch again. She goes to the back of the couch, looks under the couch. And all of a sudden, you hear little footsteps running across the floor. And she didn't seem too freaked out by it. Yeah. Like, from there, she went to the kitchen. She was telling
3: herself, she was like, Amelia, this is not happening. Like, she's <laughs> trying to calm her yeah. mental down.
1: Yeah. And that's actually where we finally got her name was when she called herself in third person. Like, Amelia, this isn't, you know, this isn't happening. And she goes to the kitchen. And there was a fork or a knife moved.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And there was yeah, also fork
3: a fork replaced with the, whatever knife she had. That's right what there. it was.
1: And that right there didn't really freak her out either. Like she looked through, because she remember she grabbed the thing of knives. Yeah. She looked at those, and like the smallest one was gone. Yeah. And I'm like, how the hell isn't that messed with you? So from there, she, what happens there after that? Like, did she have the interaction with the doll yet?
3: Yeah, well, she had already been cut by it, and then no, she goes back to the living room, and then like a lamp cuts out or something, right? That,
1: That's what happened. Yeah, she goes back to the living room, and, you know, the lamp cuts out like he said, and she's like, oh, probably just a dead bulb. So she goes over there to, you know, change the bulb or whatever, and the doll attacks her, starts cutting her with a knife on her legs, on her feet and shins. Mm-hmm and he's making some noise like yeah ah, ah, and that was funny right there and we go from that scene to her she gets away from the doll eventually from the living room she runs into her bedroom <laughs> and this is this is funny because it's gets,
3: 1975
1: yeah she goes into her room she calls she calls the operator you know to get to the police Mm-hmm. and she's like, you know, I need police. Can you, know, can you send the police? And they ask where she's at, and she says, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, how the hell are you gonna be... I have to get to this part, because you find out she's been living there for about a month. She's been seeing this guy for a month. She's been living at her apartment for about a month. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand if it's like the first, say it's the first, maybe even the second day, you might forget the street name or the address number. Yeah. But you've been there for a month, and you still don't know your address? Yeah. You have some issues. Maybe you should have stayed at home with Mommy. And... I laughed. I was, I'm thinking, like, how the fuck don't you know your address? So, you know, that scene, she's in her room still and the doll's trying to get in her room. It, uh, It's like sticking the knife under the door and it eventually opens the door, which was hilarious. I don't know. This doll must have some ups because you see it hanging on the door now and the door is swinging open and you see the doll and she just starts screaming.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it goes in the room and attacks her. Like Every room that this woman goes in, now that she knows the doll's alive, she gets attacked in every single fucking room she goes in. Yeah. She So she goes from there to the bathroom. She locks herself in the bathroom. Yeah. And she's like, I can't believe this is happening or this isn't happening. And she's rinsing her hands off in a tub.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and the doll gets into the bathroom. The doll gets into the bathroom and there's a towel on the floor, which this was actually kind of smart of her.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: She wraps the doll up in the towel and she tries to drown it. And
3: I don't know why she did that. Like, at what point do you assume that a, a breathing doll, or not even a breathing, but a doll coming to life needs oxygen to survive? I mean,
1: it's, I get it. It makes sense. At least try something. At least she tried. So then the doll gets out of that, and you see the doll jump on the side of the tub with a knife in its mouth. And it's like making a, eh, eh, those type of noises again. I was laughing again. You were dying at that point. Mm-hmm. She runs out the bathroom. And somehow the doll jumps up and like grabs on her arm and is like biting her arm. And she's running through the house. You see a nice white lamp. the same lamp that got turned off, actually. And she slams the doll into the lamp. I'm like, OK, she wants to survive. Mm-hmm. So then uh, from there, she slams the doll into the lamp. She runs back to the kitchen right? Or does she go to her room? No, no, no. She goes to her room again. No, no. Sorry, sorry. She goes to a closet. She runs and hides in the closet. And uh, there's there's a green suitcase in the closet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> She's just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Doll runs in the closet. She opens up the suitcase. Locks the doll in the suitcase.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, smart. Now, what would I have done with that? I would have probably lit the shit on fire or threw it out a window or something. But she didn't do that. She brought it into her bedroom Place the doll on the bed. Mind you, the doll still has a knife in its hand. And she, uh, didn't she make another phone call? Or what the hell was she doing? What was she doing? When she got into the room. <clears throat> I felt like she was getting tried, or she did try to open a window at one point. She couldn't get the window
3: that's, open. Yeah, that's what it was.
1: And I don't know how that, and I'm so thinking to myself. Why like, not go through the door? <clears throat> not only that, but because my, my guess is she was trying to get the window open to throw the thing out the window. Why the fuck not? Break the fucking window. When you're going sure. through something... When you're going through a trauma thing like that, it's like, you don't think like, oh, shit. I gotta try to open it. Nah, no, fuck that. Break it.
3: Yeah.
1: But she didn't do that. So then you go back. They show... She puts a suitcase on the bed. They show the, the suitcase on the bed. You see the doll using a little steak knife to cut out the suitcase to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And my, she's still wearing her bathrobe. And I pointed this part out to Michael. She uh, goes to grab the blade of the knife as the doll's cutting, and she gets cut a couple times. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, why didn't she just take her bathrobe off or take a piece of her bathrobe or a piece of clothing or something, wrap it around her hand, and just snatch the blade? Mm-hmm. Simple. She didn't do that. The doll cuts a hole out of the thing. He gets out again.
3: No, didn't she right? get the knife, and then he, she, like, stabbed him while he was in there. Yeah, room? yeah,
1: you're right, you're right. She did get the knife somehow, <clears throat> and she starts stabbing the doll, while he's in there, and
3: uh, and her dumbass, it, it appears as if he's dead. So she opens her dumbass opens, opens up suitcase the suitcase, and he jumps no out
1: at her, and he gets the knife back.
3: Yeah, and isn't he like doesn't he jump out and like he's, he's teething on her neck at that yeah, point? Yeah,
1: yep, he's biting on her neck, and um, you know she's rolled around with him. She runs with him to the. Did she... Kitchen. Kitchen, right? Did she get him off before? No, because they're rolling around on the ground like you're fighting a grown man or a grown woman. And she gets him off her neck from there. And then he's on her arm, right? Or no? I'm trying to... Was he on her arm? Mind you, we just watched this, too. He, uh... I think she throws him or something. Because she she ends up putting him in the oven. Mm -hmm. With those nasty-ass pork chops. Yeah. And he's in there yelling and screaming, and she's like plugging her ears.
3: Nobody's screaming, right? Because some pork chops is
1: nasty as well. Probably. She put me in here with this bullshit. I'm from Africa. We get some good food, we get that fresh meat, cook it, season it right. He's used to that elephant tusk. You know what I mean? The elephant meat. Salt and And, pepper pork chops. And they use fresh seasoning, you know, and she's just (laughs) using some. And she didn't. You know what it is? Now it's starting to piss me off, too. Yes, I'm going to talk about this for a minute. Because it is the dude's birthday, like Michael was saying. And not only did she only put salt and pepper on there, but she only put like a little pinch of salt and pepper on there. Yeah. Like, what's that gonna that's
3: do? Like Thin ass pork chops.
1: I mean, <clears throat> I don't know what seasoning she had in there, but that's probably all she had. But you can grab a couple more things mm-hmm. and just sprinkle it on there. Some, you know, pour a little hot sauce on there. I know they made hot sauce in the seventies, and she she didn't. So, uh, anyways. They cut the, oven. she, the oven's already on. The doll's on fire, yelling and screaming. And then she, op- she opens the oven, right? Yeah. And it jumps out at her. And <clears throat> from there, it goes from that scene to her calling her mother and apologizing and saying, Mom, you know, I'm sorry the way I acted. We should get together now. Why don't you
3: come over? Well, she's got a tone of deceit in her voice. Yeah, she sounds so much
1: different. She doesn't sound... Through this whole movie, she sounds like she has, like, zero confidence when she's yeah. on the phone, with her conversation, especially with her mother. And with this, she sounds like she actually... For better... What's the better lack of term? For whatever. She sounds like she grew a pair of balls, in a sense. Yeah. And she, you know, she's like, look, you know, mom, I'm sorry, come over, da 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 <clears throat> And so... Her mother's coming over. You get that, you know, you get that, that her mom's coming. So, at this part, which was, I like, I like the way this movie ended. I really like the way this movie, this one ended at all the three. Mm -hmm. You see her, she grabs a knife. She's in her robe still. She's like crouching down and stabbing the floor with the knife, stabbing the floor with the knife. Then she smiles. And she has the same teeth as the doll. And doll has like little pin, little needle sharp teeth, like a, um. <clears throat> that noise in the background is my little cousin getting his dog a dog treat. But uh, they're like little shark teeth or little piranha teeth through her mouth, and she's just like kind of just pacing around, but like crouching and just stabbing the ground. Now that, like I said, I like that ending a lot. <clears throat>
2: mm.
1: Now. We can talk about these three in a sense. My first question for you is like I told you, my favorite was the third one out of the three stories. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you, like, my favorite was the third one. My second favorite was the first one. And then obviously, two was.
3: I think I'm in the same boat.
1: Same boat. All right. So I'm just going to, we can start with the third one. Like, I I just liked it. It was actually the one, the only one where we've seen blood in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I think, actually, you could. I'll say with this one, like if they did like a full movie on it, this could be a really good full movie.
3: Yeah.
1: For its time too, yes, back then or now, or whatever, or now I should say. But this, I think this one would be a really good full movie with the whole, um, the whole, you know, with the necklace aspect of it, and uh, um, I just feel, I feel that uh. It would have been a fun, fun, full movie, and I think what I would have <clears throat> not necessarily changed. What I added to the movie was if they had a couple more dolls, and if this stuff was like going on, no. going next? on for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like say if they put it. Let me just throw it to you like this. Say they went to Africa, for example, and they stole the dolls and brought them back. Yeah. And say the people there, you know, the Africans, they were like, look, you're not going to want these. And this is why if you do this. And you know how people don't listen. Yeah. And boom. But the story was still cool. <clears throat> the story was still cool. So what do you want to add on that? uh
3: I just kind of wish it was a little bit longer. I thought it was going to kill her boyfriend, the duh. Yeah. uh I was going to say, in comparison to Chucky, mm. which do you think is the, uh, not not scarier, but more threatening? Um, if you were in a horror movie, <coughs> and you had to battle either Chucky or this African warrior spirit doll, what do you...
1: Uh, I guess the doll, the warrior spirit, and I only say that because with the whole chain thing, like... I feel if there was a way she can get the chain back on him, maybe she could have come. You know, rested the soul or whatever, so to speak. Yeah. Chucky has that voodoo stuff on him, or whatever that magic is he has. Yeah. And if you've seen the la- the latest Chucky movie, did you see it? Which one? Was it, I don't know if it was the cult of Chucky. I believe no, it actually, I did. I did. All right, because I was about to say I'm about to spoil for people who didn't see it. You seen how he possessed like multiple dolls? Mm-hmm. That right there. Like Chucky can do that. Plus, he possessed the girl. Which me and Henry were talking about this yesterday, the last podcast. I'm throw you in. And all the people Chucky could possess, he possessed the girl in the wheelchair. Do you remember that?
3: Is this the classic ones?
1: No, this is the new one. The cult. You didn't Col- see
3: it. Oh, okay, okay. The yeah. Netflix one. Yeah.
1: You seen it, right? Or yeah. You don't remember.
3: <laughs> I've seen it, but I'm
1: I'm kind of yeah. foggy on. Which, I mean, she ends up walking, I believe. But just like out of all people, like, say if you could possess somebody, right? Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, he's in a wheelchair. We discussed this on the last box, last episode me and him were on. If you had the option to possess somebody, are you gonna possess somebody else in a wheelchair? Like it's <laughs> kinda pointless. It's like what would be the point? What would be the point? Or say you're walking around, like, okay, I'm gonna possess this person in the wheel for what? Yeah. <clears throat> but um, Yeah, that's why I I feel Chucky would be a little more dangerous. But then I I guess you can say with the doll, um, I mean, they both keep coming back.
3: Yeah.
1: And the doll, actually, wait a minute, but the doll possessed her too, though.
3: Yeah, so that's what we did. We didn't finish where after she, did we finish that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (coughs) Because remember I said how she was stabbing the floor with the teeth and all that?
3: Yeah. Oh,
1: man. My whole thing, And he possessed like a whole human, the doll possessed a whole human like in his first shot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, damn, that changes things for me. Maybe <laughs> that really changes things now that I think about that. Shit. Maybe that doll would be a lot more, a little more dangerous though, because it has <clears throat> another thing with it too is it has the, the lonely hunter spirit. So it knows how to, I'm not saying Chucky doesn't know how to kill, but it's going to kill. Yeah. And
3: probably a little bit more relentlessly than Chucky. Possibly, Because you yeah. could say Chucky could eventually develop emotion. I don't think this African spirit dog could.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to have to go... I'm going to swing my answer back to the African spirit dog. What about you?
3: I'd have to say the same thing.
1: That would be a fun... I mean, I know they're different sizes, <clears throat> but it would be a fun be battle. It be a good duel,
2: yeah. Because,
1: again, they can both possess <coughs> other bodies and whatever, so... Just imagine if they both possessed humans or whoever or another group mm-hmm. of dolls. It was cool though. It was <clears throat> I really really enjoyed it, and um, we can go on to what story? Story number one. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> this is the one with the college and all that stuff with Chad and Julie. Uh, this story I did like. It wasn't really scary though. I mean, I didn't find any of them scary, and I think another reason I like Part Three the best is because it was more horror related in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like this, not that this one wasn't, but you didn't really get that feel from it until the end, and even then you would throw it more towards a thriller than horror. Like what I mean by you know you don't find it towards the end that this teacher's a serial killer. Yeah. Of male stud- all male students, so she's. I don't know what she's doing. I'm I'm sure she's not getting drugged every single time, but she's putting on this impression that she's interested in them. She probably gives them a little sum, and then she kills them. Yeah. I guess she doesn't want to lose her job. I don't know. She doesn't want that shit getting out.
3: But uh, Could a job be that important in 1975? I, I don't know.
1: I really don't know. Maybe she just really, really enjoys being a professor, and she really enjoys college penis. Maybe. But, I mean, even so, she doesn't have to go through all that to, you know. She doesn't have to kill everybody. Yeah. But I guess she knows, maybe she knows it takes that one person to be like, oh, you know, this is what happened. Because you've seen how the one guy was bribing her. Mm-hmm. All it takes is that one thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but what I did like about this movie is because the way it started, you see Chad as the aggressor, the quote-unquote savage, which he's not.
3: And her is like. Helpless, in a sense.
1: Yeah. And she's really not. She's no. really in control the whole time. And she's the real savage. She's she's a beast, man. She's crazy. Because it's like, one minute, <clears throat> you think, you, like I said, you're like, Chad, oh, he's got this. And you're looking at Chad. I mean, he is a douchebag for yeah, what he did.
3: You're looking at him like a scumbag.
1: <laughs> Which he is. But then you figure out that she knows all this is going on. And she's just like, look fuck you, I won, pretty much. And I bet she's been doing this. Like, this isn't her first rodeo. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you find this out later on in the movie, a little mini thing, that um, she don't play no damn games. She's about her business. She's killed, I don't know how many students, but <clears throat> this is, actually, you know what, this is another one that would have made a really good movie. And the way it ended was perfect. And I'll say this, so say it's like, what you would have probably caught on to it sooner, but say like the whole thing with her and Chad, like say, you know, she was a new, say she was a new professor at this town. I don't know what town it was, but say she's a new professor at this university in this town. And obviously we figure out why later she, she keeps leaving because, you know, student team ended up dead in every town that she goes in, but nobody really pieces it together. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the way that, it, the say the way the whole movie ends is, You see her scrapbook of all these newspaper clippings of the dead students, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and then you see how you know the one student that came over. You see him come in, and that right there to me was a really good ending for that because it's like okay, she's the one next. Yeah, yeah, you know he's next. You know she's the one doing it. And then for those type of people who love sequels or love possible sequels, the movie ends like that. It's like oh shit, what's gonna happen next? Is somebody gonna find out? Yeah. You know, and so on with that. So, yeah, that would have made a really good one. And you want to add anything on that one?
3: No, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head the, on that one.
1: And then the third favorite, which was the second story, with the chick with the dual personalities. This one, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I feel this one is the one of the ones where it could have been so much better if they went more into depth with it. Because you're really only in... Like, the whole time you're in that one house with the girl, you see the doctor in his office for a little bit, then you're in the house with the girls again. Well, with the girl. And you don't... There's not really much going on through the whole thing. It's just her talking. Pretty much the talk... She's talking shit about herself, but she thinks she's talking shit about her sister and vice versa. And I'm just... The concept was cool, like, with the dual personalities, but I think what would have made this a lot better, in my opinion... I, and i've I'd have to say say if one of the personalities was like kind of evil, like killing and all this stuff, mm-hmm. the blood say the blonde mm-hmm. she seduces because she was looking more seductive, so say she seduces men does gets what she wants, and she kills them similar to the last story, but she kills them more of a brutal, bloody flashing, and the other one is kind of like scared of her, she's telling on her. <clears throat> You know, she's always writing in her journal and stuff. She's like writing all this stuff out, like what happens. Yeah. But she's writing it as the better personality. And maybe that's how she gets caught. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Something more along those lines would have made it, <coughs> oh, damn, <clears throat> in my opinion, would have made it better. Or just if there was more depth to the story, like say maybe you can go with that, or maybe one of them had a friend. Like yeah. say, say Millie had a friend named Cherise or vice versa. something happened to that friend. Say that friend died Mm -hmm. and the friend's soul went into her body, kind of, so she had to split personalities of them being sisters. You know how people grow up brothers, sisters, whatever. That could have
3: worked. I did like the fact that all these stories kind of had that old shit ending to it though. Like, you kind of didn't really see any of them coming. Not at all. The first story being that uh, Julie was in fact the male serial killer. Mm -hmm. The second one being that you didn't see—I didn't really see—I know you pointed it out, but me, personally, I didn't see it being a split personality oh, with until million he trees. pulled the wig off of her at the end. Yeah. And then in the final story, when you see her in her African uh, warrior stance and all those teeth oh, yeah. looking ready to go, you're like, oh, shit. And with, with
1: what you're saying with the— um. With the second story, I was thinking about it in my head, but I didn't really see it, say it. Actually, I didn't say it at all about I me. Mean, I know I pointed it out about them being the same person, but if you pay attention to the movie, Millie's hair is always up. And I was mentioning that her hair is always up because, like, usually, I'm, I'm saying, I feel like females, when they're home comfortably, you know, you let their hair down and relax and all that. But her hair is always up, like I was saying. And then um, you see Therese's hair. And she has the long blonde hair. The
3: yeah, wig, it's a wig, okay, okay, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, it's
1: easier sense. to. Because <clears throat> I remember I pointed out that, you know, I was like, yeah, they're the same people, but then you didn't see her hair.
3: Her, her hair, hair looked really fake anyway. Yeah. But
1: it was 75, so they did what they yeah. had to do then. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, like I was saying,
3: styles just look crazy back then.
1: That's true. That's very true. You
3: would have been into it back in the day, though. Yeah, probably, but just seeing it today, I'm <laughs> like, yo, yeah, what the correct. fuck are they thinking?
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. But just think. Thirty years from now, forty years from now, people are like, "What the hell?" I oh, know. <laughs> but um, so yeah, like I was saying, with her hair, um, not to stay on this damn topic, but you didn't because Millie had brown hair, so you didn't see the hair like mixed up, you know, the brown and the blonde. Yeah. Because obviously, like I said, it was always up. So that was that was pretty cool. With that, it was pretty smart. With that. And it kind of gave you... And another thing with um, Millie and Therese, Therese always... She had like a pound of freaking makeup. And Millie really didn't have. She was like a plain... Plain Jane. There you go. No makeup and all that. So, yeah, like I said, I, I liked all three stories. Um, what would you rate them? As a... Like, as a let's Are we say,
3: collectively or...?
1: Let's do both. Let's say, what would you rate them uh, each three? Out
3: of 10 three? stars or five.
1: How do I do this? What was that little stabby?
3: You were doing five. I did ten. We can, no, we're time. gonna
1: stick with ten. I'm just trying to think of what to call the um the ratings though. Ratings? What do you mean? Little, no, no, no. Because no, remember we did the chainsaws last week.
3: Oh, uh, okay, okay. Uh,
1: <clears throat> how many uh, lonely warriors would you give this
3: movie? So, are we first doing series or co- collectively?
1: Let. Let's or you know what? Let's do uh, let's do the trilogy of Terror. Let's do the third one first, with the little warriors. How many warriors did you give this? Give it about eight. Eight. I'm gonna give it a good. Uh, I'll say seven and a half. For
3: 1975, it wasn't bad.
1: Not at all. Seven and a half is not a bad rating, you know. <clears throat> and I, would, just because, like I said, I mean, I know it was a short, three short stories at the end. And anthologies and all that but for this story actually no that's a, I'm going to give it a 9 and the only reason why I didn't get a 10 is just because I feel like they could have just added a little bit more to it as far as like what you were saying like if the thing would have came and killed her boyfriend mm-hmm. and maybe if she would have killed her mother after she got possessed or at least attacked her mother I mm-hmm. mean it, it insinuated that that's what was going to happen when she came but that would have just bumped it up to a 10 for me yeah. for that one <clears throat> Okay, so for story, we'll go to the story number one now with Chad. And the, how many roofies and root beer would you give this one?
3: Uh, I give it about. I give it seven. Seven? Seven roofies. Seven roofies and root beer? Because I give it seven because of the unexpected events that occur in this movie or in this short story. Like, I didn't see her. Pulling, out being, uh, or pulling it out, being the one ahead of the game, pulling the trick on him. I thought it was a nice, like I said, it was a nice old shit moment for me.
1: I'm going to jump back real quick to the third movie, and I'm going to give it, instead of giving it a nine, I'm going to give it an eight, and it's because of those fucking pork chops that you pointed out. Because right. that did piss me off. And now back to this one, the roofies and root beer. I'm going to give it a, <clears throat> I'm also going to give it a seven. And the reason why I'm giving it a seven is, uh, again, like I said, I feel if the story had a little more depth, like if they even just said she was a new, just something as small as, you know, she's a new professor here. She came from wherever, you know, she came from Kansas Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and she's having trouble, you know, staying in certain towns, in certain towns. She doesn't, she feels like she doesn't fit in maybe. That's just the, you know, the little backstory they give, that's, not the real reason why she keeps moving. Like, if they have did something like that, this movie would have been about eight for me. And that's really it with that one. Like, it wasn't too bad. It was fun. And uh, with the second one, I want to give that one a six. So eight, a seven, and a six. I'll give this one a six. I like the dual personalities. I just, again, same with the first one. Just a little more depth to the story.
3: Or just a little more story. It was kind of...
1: <clears throat> just a little more story. Yeah. It was kind of quick. It was. I mean, each of these stories was, was about the same length, mm-hmm. give or take a few minutes for each. But,
3: but the other ones just seemed longer because they were better put together. Yeah,
1: they were. They were. They had... But they had more stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like, this one was just a girl, you know... It was pretty much one girl just talking to herself. Yeah. And talking to the doctor, which... Again, don't get me wrong, I like it. Just wish it was more depth. So like I said, this one, uh I'll give it six wigs. How about you?
3: I'll give it five. Five? Uh I think a good a good twist to a story, just but like I said, the short the story just wasn't it wasn't as well put together <clears throat> as the other two and I think just out of creativeness, out of the way it ended, is why I have to give it a five.
1: Mm -hmm. So just, again, adding more things to it would have given it a lot. But overall, Trilogy to Terror. (laughs) Um, I liked it overall, don't get me wrong. But I feel like if all three stories were... Not I'm not saying if they were the same story, but say if they gave out like the same amount of information, so to speak, or like the same amount I felt like they took more time with the first and the third story if I feel like if they did that with all three stories, this probably wouldn't have worked mm-hmm. it would have I would probably give it like a three overall but um overall, I think I would give this movie I'm just gonna use all the ratings with this. Um, I'll say, you know, you get the wig, you get the roofies and the root beer. You're going to have a good time with this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give it a seven and a half overall.
3: I was going to say six and a half because you add uh, eight, seven and five and then divide that by three and get a six something. so yeah, he was doing man. the
1: math with that. I like He's taking his math classes with this from back in the days. But like I said, the first and the third movie... Definitely, if
3: you haven't ever seen this, though, I definitely recommend watching it. Oh, yes.
1: I would definitely recommend it.
3: It's not a waste of your time. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it.
1: And if you've heard me on um, the Horror with Sir Sturdy Facebook page, I've talked about anthologies before. I said I wanted to get into more. So uh, I'm glad that I did watch this movie. You know, like I said, with the whole anthology thing, which is, again, if you didn't know, it's three stories, multiple. No, it doesn't have to be three. It has to be more than two stories. So it's like three plus stories in one movie or one show. They don't have to connect, but they can connect. And shit, off that note, I'll bring it over if I remember next time we record another anthology that I actually think you would like. It's called Trick or Treat. Mm -hmm. It's actually, it's a really good three stories. It's fun. It's probably one of my favorite anthologies that I've seen, actually. And I know you would like it. So maybe we can do that one next time or soon, if not next time. And you got anything else you want to say before we close off? Uh, no, I think that's it. You good? Well, again, thanks for being on. And, um, we will be uh, recording again soon, like I said. So... And we're still going to do the Exorcist movie. Even though, you know, you heard our last episode. We're going to do the Exorcist movie. Probably won't be next. Trick or Treat might be the next one we do. Trick or Treat, not Trick or Treat. There's two different movies. So, thanks for listening. Again, share on your social media. Download this on Podbean. I'm on iTunes. I'm all over. Pretty much every single platform. So, uh, Again, thanks for listening, and always remember, I'll see you in your night.